0: You're listening to the Quince Podcast.
1: For the past few weeks, the controversy over the wearing of hijab by students has rippled across coastal Karnataka with multiple incidents now taking place, the issue reaching the High Court and even drawing global attention. The hijab row has been gaining strength ever since six Muslim girls were denied entry into their classrooms at a government pre-university college in Karnataka's ODP of wearing the hijab, but this quickly turned communal after a group of boys sporting saffron shawls went to protest against these girls attending classes wearing hijab. In another viral video, female students wearing saffron shawls could also be heard chanting Jai Shri Ram in an act of protest against the wearing of hijab. However, the action taken by the state government and the Karnataka High Court recently has drawn the biggest criticism. In today's episode, the Quint South Bureau Chief Nikolai Henry joins me from Uribe to talk about how this controversy started how it is connected to the politics of the state, and what's the ground reality at the moment. Later in the episode, you'll hear from Akasha Sazde, the Queen's legal editor, to get a breakdown of the state government's order on the issue and the interim order passed by the Karnataka High Court. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Immat. We first speak to Nicola Henry, the Quinn South Pure Chief who has been reporting on the ground from Udupi on this issue. So, uh, Nicola, first, can you speak about the situation on the ground at the moment, uh, like how is it going through and reporting this issue as well and what are your, your conversations also with students with colleges?
0: The ground situation right now um, is largely peaceful, at least in Udupi and uh, surrounding areas, basically the Udupi district and also several other districts in Karnataka where protests. Were held um, uh, for a ban on hijab, Uh, those protests have kind of died down since uh, the government declared a three-day holiday for colleges and now with uh, the High Court um, upholding uh, you know a ban on uh, Mm -hmm. religious clothing in these institutions, uh, that situation is likely to stay calm for a while because uh, of the sheer absence of uh, hijab wearing Muslim women in classes. So um, that that's where it's a lull right now as far as mm-hmm. protests go, um, but the underlying communal tensions uh, still remain, um, yeah. and that that's something, uh, you know, we need to see whether that will actually explode later on.
1: So, can you also speak about the Karnataka being a hub of communal issues now, because is this something new or is this something which has always been uh, like a part of Karnataka's history?
0: Uh, Karnataka has uh, been a state where communal tensions have flared up even in the past. Uh, but um, uh, there is uh, there is an underlying history uh, there where you know the coastal belt of Karnataka has always been uh, a hub of uh, right wing communal uh, activities and also mm-hmm. right wing communal groups uh, like be it uh, while uh, fringe elements like the Bajrang Dal, the VHP, um, or you know even uh, local level um, right wing. Groups uh, like Hindu Janajagruti. Uh, mm-hmm. So these groups. Uh, have always had cadre strength uh, and also uh, a virtual kind of uh, you know emotional support uh, for their causes on ground. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's um, it's been uh, it's very pertinent to uh, understand that uh, in the flare up of these um, uh, you know communal tensions mm-hmm. uh, are also ratified in some way or supported in some way by the ruling uh, Bharatiya Janata Party. Um, because either through ina- inaction or um, uh, by even uh, the MLAs or the MPs giving um, statements which would even flare up the uh, issues brought up by these communal forces. For example, in this uh, Udupi uh, hijab um, row, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which started off as a, uh, a protest by a few Muslim uh, girl students uh, mm-hmm. who wanted to go to their college wearing hijab um when they started raising this complaint um uh, you know the the first um Uh, uh, protest which happened was Mm -hmm. in Kundapura, which is slightly uh, farther away from uh, Udupi city uh, where um, uh, some students in saffron shawls came and started protesting, saying Mm -hmm. that they'll also wear these uh, shawls if uh, Muslim women are allowed to wear hijab. Mm -hmm. So uh, what happened there in Kundapura was that instead of capping that um, tendency of the students to uh, kind of, um, you you know create a counter narrative towards uh, a very basic basic uh, religiously essential thing for the muslim women mm-hmm. uh, the, um, uh, the the bjp government remained largely silent about such kind of uh, uh, such a kind of uh, protest mm-hmm. so um, that gave them kind of a uh, you know a support to go ahead and keep replicating this kind of protests uh, in uh, different places and that's mm-hmm. what really uh, triggered this entire controversy where students, uh, even those unrelated uh, unrelated directly to any Hindu Mm -hmm. right-wing organizations, they started staging these protests uh, in saffron shawls, and that created a law and order situation in most of the uh, educational institutions, um, Mm -hmm. where women were traditionally, since a long time, uh, been wearing hijab
1: okay now one of your stories also which you reported from P was uh regarding uh, the uh, leak of information of of six Muslim students of uh, the UDP's government pre-university college for girls. Can you speak on that as well, and how you came across the story, and uh, what went through it as well, the, your conversations with the students?
0: The government PU college uh, for girls in U.P. Mm-hmm. That's the first college where the girls basically asked uh, for their uh, asked uh, the uh, the administration um, uh, to allow them to wear uh, wear hijab in their classes. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the basic uh, um, thing there was that the administration basically said, "No, you have not been wearing hijab earlier. Now you cannot wear hijab." That's what uh, they said. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the girls insisted and uh, uh, and uh, felt that um, you know they they should be allowed their right to wear hijab whenever they choose to exercise it. So um, at that time uh, what really happened after that was to tarnish the image of these girls, uh, you know, who they are what their backgrounds are so one of Mm -hmm. them approached the Karnataka High Court and the rumours around that time was that, uh, you know, she is from uh, an affluent family and all the girls uh, in that institution uh, who are protesting are from affluent families Mm -hmm. who are being funded from quote-unquote outside so uh, um, which basically meant to say that uh, th- these protests are being triggered by uh, muslim organizations and not by the girls themselves so mm-hmm. that was the first round of it but uh, after uh, february 8th what happened is that it kind of um, uh, people kind of got to know that these girls are from um, backward economic backgrounds mm-hmm. um, like some of uh, them uh, you know are um, come from families which are very working class families where um, parents uh, work uh, for daily wages. So you can't really, uh, they realized uh, people who are running the campaign that they are affluent basically realized that that's not something which they can bank on for a long time. So um, the next step was to leak their personal information, uh, which basically included all their details, including uh, their home addresses, their phone numbers, their parents' names, their parents' phone numbers, you know, their uh, their class 10 mark sheets, uh, even, um, uh, you know, their parental income, uh, you know. So uh, when I got the document, which was circulated in uh, WhatsApp group, um, say, saying that uh, you know these are the girls who are behind the uh, udupi protests uh, for hijab mm-hmm. um, uh, what i first noticed was that uh, the, uh, the it was not a typed out document it was a document which was a scanned copy uh, mm-hmm. of uh, of a file so what was the file the file was uh, you know the admission form which these girls had submitted to the to the, to the college Mm. the government PU college for girls. So uh, because it was a scanned copy, it became very apparent that the leak came from within the college because no copy of this admission form will be available elsewhere Mm -hmm. and the girls too corroborated that they had submitted the form only to the college and it was addressed to the college. So um, the fact that a college uh, administration Mm. thought that, you know, it was wise to leak such personal details of some girls who are protesting really showed the picture uh, of a complicit institution which does not want uh, the uh, the girls the muslim women to uh, voice their rights Mm-hmm. Uh, and secondly to make a big deal out of it uh, yeah. so uh, the attempt um, so it, to to, some, uh, to to some extent the people who are uh, who are circulating such messages about these girls they are um, you know the third parties who are not involved either with the government or the college mm-hmm. you know what I mean? they could be fringe elements they could be people who are extremely communal uh, to even uh, realize that you know uh, to even um, uh, to the hilt perhaps but uh, the fact that a college administration basically thought that it would be wise to do something like this mm-hmm. um, made me realize that uh, the institution which is run by the government which is the BJP government mm-hmm. in uh, in Karnataka is actually complicit in this uh, matter. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I also understand that you spoke to uh, these students as well who are protesting so what was their reaction to their personal details, including the phone numbers, the addresses, their parents' details, as well, being leaked.
0: Yeah, so one of the girls whom I spoke to, uh, she's a 17-year-old uh, young woman uh, f- uh, from the college uh, called Aliyaz Azadi. Um, so she, uh, I, uh, when I first met her, she was wearing a hijab, which was uh, basically her school uniform, the school uniform scarf uh, wrapped around her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second time I met her, after uh, uh, you know the, the her personal information got leaked, she mm-hmm. was uh, wearing a burqa and had covered her face. So uh, I asked her why that was, um, because I had this hunch that it could be because her personal information was out. So she uh-huh. and she immediately said that uh, my face is, uh, all, uh, you know, all plastered across uh, different WhatsApp groups. Everybody knows everything about me. All my personal details are uh, out, uh, and because of it, I am not comfortable showing my face anymore. So uh, I do not know whether, you know, she decided against it. She was brave enough to uh, decide against it. But this, um, uh, you know, being brave uh, uh, is not always, uh, you know, uh, something which should be, um, uh, you know, uh, which should be expected of a uh, woman of, uh, you know, uh, uh, from a 17-year-old woman who have mm-hmm. other things to do, like, for example, her education. Yes. So, the, um, so the fact uh, that, you know, they are being pushed to such... Uh, the, they are being pushed to a corner, that they, that they are being, uh, you know, held up against a wall. Mm. To uh, Whenever they try to voice their concerns, whenever they try to say that religion matters to us, being a Muslim, uh, being a practicing Muslim matters to us, uh, is uh, just appalling because uh, mm. it violates first of all, uh, all personal liberties uh, and at the same time, it also uh, shows that, um, you know, the uh, the people who are much more powerful than the young women who are protesting do not uh, um, you know uh, do not really care about what their futures uh, could be you know about their mm-hmm. ambitions that's another yeah. thing which alia said that uh, you know i don't think that anybody cares about my ambitions or what i want to do anymore yeah. because in this slugfest which is happening on ground um, you know uh, nobody even thinks twice to um, circulate such messages about her
1: and this is just not like a, a not even like a rumor or something that we can discredit it is their personal information, their name, address, and everything else. So it really speaks to uh, like a 17 year old mind, also, who is, I'm sure, as worried as we were also when we were 17 about our trust standard. Uh, marks and everything else and all of it they have now to deal with this entire success.
0: Yes and the girls uh, and the young women who have been protesting you know uh, Mm -hmm. it's very brave of them to actually um, uh, you know um, uh, hold the weight of this entire um, uh, protest on their shoulders Mm -hmm. Uh, and they have actually been shielding um, uh, their family members, their homes the people who are related to them by being uh, at the forefront of this protest so the fact that you know their families, their homes, which are supposed to be a safe uh, safe spaces for them to be, at least after talking to a thousand media people, you know, after listening to everything with the college management or, you know, some MLA or the other uh, from any part of Karnataka saying, and mm-hmm. by after facing all the Saffron sh- uh, shawl protests and everything, yeah. when they go back home, at least they should feel safe. Mm-hmm. So that was denied when this information was leaked out because they leaked out their home Home addresses so mm. if tomorrow somebody who gets access to this particular document will be actually able to walk to their home and say hey what are you doing so they, it made it it made them extremely vulnerable and it is a mm-hmm. huge lapse from the uh, part uh, of the you know the college from where this information got lo- uh, leaked.
1: Mm-hmm. The entire controversy has now thrown up legal questions on the freedom of religion and whether the right to wear a hijab is constitutionally protected. And all of this started on 5th February, after the state government issued an order regarding uniforms in educational institutions, which in short prohibits clothes which quote-unquote disturb equality, integrity and public law and order. However, several legal experts have pointed out that the order is vague and a clear misunderstanding of the law. On 31st January, a writ petition was filed in the Karnataka High Court by a Muslim girl student from Murupi seeking a declaration that wearing a hijab is a fundamental right. The play stated that the Indian constitution guarantees the freedom of conscience and the right to profess, practice and propagate religion. However, in a shock order, the court refused to pass an interim order, allowing the girls to attend classes, wearing the hijab until a final adjudication. According to Vakasha Sazdeh, the queen's legal editor, there are serious deficiencies on law when it comes to both the state order on uniform and the court's interim order.
2: So, um if we look at the order there's a few things there's a bunch of things which are sort of problematic with it um there's what the there are, there are two things which you can look at which, which which are worrying one is when the uh, government says that it's doing it under the Karnataka education act 1983 that's that's the first thing which is wrong with it because that's that, I mean, if you look at the wording of the order, they're, they're trying to say that they have a power under this to, man, to you know, make s- school uniforms uh, and you know, sorry, uniforms in any kind of classroom mandatory. So that's the first part, which the question is, does the act really allow them to do that? And then you come to, okay, provided there is some sort of power to give this under the act, or maybe, you know, there's a sort of related power. Is this something which you can do, right? So there's so on both the, the sort of central ability to do this as well as the way in which it's been done, there, there are question marks over that government order. And, you know, the, the thing is because the Karnataka Education Act itself says nothing about uniforms, nor do the rules. So there's a, the, the Act was passed in 1983. There are rules under it from 1995. None of these have anything of the sort which, 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 talk, which say anything about um, mandating uniforms under them. And, um, you know, there is a thing that they can pass, the government can pass directions uh, to facilitate, which are necessary or expedient for the uh, for the act. But like having a uniform doesn't quite fit within any of the purposes of the act. The purpose of the act is to facilitate education. It's to ensure that you can have that in the state of Karnataka. So, you know, I mean, to, to try and even say that, OK, under their power to issue directions, they could do this. Even that is questionable and you know that's something which is going to be argued in the legal matters which is now going forward as well but the second part of it is okay what does the order itself say does the order say something which is you know let's say which which is within the scope of what the government could do and and once again the answer is that what the state of karnataka is saying in its in its government order just seems really weird you know it's, it's saying stuff like okay they have to be you know, that you have to follow the uniforms which are prescribed where there's no specific uniform prescribed. You have to make sure that you don't wear any clothes, which affect unity, harmony, integrity, uh, uh, which, I mean, in what world is wearing a set of clothes become, you know, an incitement to public order. They use the term public law and order, which must not, uh, you know, which which don't harm public law and order. I mean, in what we can clothes themselves do it, right? Okay, maybe if you're wearing a shirt and go and commit genocide against a particular group, you know, that's pretty much the only way in which wearing a set of clothes can be incitement to violence, which is what you need to be able to try and commit a public order offense. Um, the clothes themselves cannot be said to violate equality, cannot be said to violate harmony, cannot be said to violate, it's, it's about what you are doing as a person. So just the terminology in the order, you know, it's it's just, it's just, um, it's it's just very, very, very strange, and the the fact that this is there in the government order where it's using mm. these terms, which just cannot be applied. It, it just like the concept of public order. We have you know years and years of Supreme Court judgments on what it what it is, and you know, it's 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 about you know a, a true th- sort of threat to public order, like of a whole city or something. You can't like a localized small little problem where someone creates an issue over it. That's not mm-hmm. a public order problem, right? So the wording, yeah. now we've got, we've had a chance to, like earlier we were having to rely on translations of the order which were given to the media. Uh, we've mm-hmm. now got like sort of an English translation, you know, it says, shall there to the, the clothes, shall, uh, shall adhere to the requirements of equality and unity and shall not disturb public order. I mean, just yeah. for a moment, ask yourself, in what world uh, is it possible to now say that certain items of clothing are going to, uh, have to follow equality and unity like i mean uniforms mm. the whole idea is that you try to make sure that you know uh, kids who don't have money are still able to wear something without having to like you know worry about wearing fancy accessories or things to school right that's yeah. sort of the only real logic and rationale which works everything else is all pretty uh pretty nonsensical
1: now since the passage of this order as well this issue has been heard in the karnataka high court so did did mm-hmm. did this order get the legal scrutiny that you were talking about as well, or what happened there?
2: No, I, I know, and the the problem is that it didn't. And mm-hmm. you know, um, in the in the high court, there's a sort of there's a bunch of different petitions. Uh, some of them were filed by some of the women, the girls who were originally denied entry to their pre-university college classrooms, uh, the ones from Udupi uh you know for, because they were wearing hijabs there's one set of mm. them then there's another set of students who were, in fact stopped on 3rd february who had been wearing and they've written this in their petition that they've been wearing the hijab for the last two years without any problems with the school administration just now however mm. after what happened in europe and now reinforced by what the government order has said they're now they're now not being allowed to wear it into their classrooms so they're, uh, they've they also filed a petition in the high court. Now, what they've done is, now there are two things which they've done. One is that they're challenging the whole, this just the very idea of these kind of mm. classroom bans on hijabs. So they're challenging yeah. that, saying that this is a violation of the right to privacy, right to uh, freedom of expression, but most importantly, it's a violation of their right to uh, practice their religion and faith. Um, mm. You know, which while again, I mean, obviously you can't say that your religion allows you to do anything you want whatsoever. You can't say, Oh, I'm allowed to commit murder, or I can ignore the criminal law because of that. But mm-hmm. you know, where you have a certain way, you're talking about things which are personal choices and personal decisions for your own self. Um, as long as you're not obviously uh, doing, you know, affecting anyone else, you are allowed to practice your religion as you want it, you know, under Article 25 mm-hmm. of the Constitution. And now, the thing is, obviously, if there's a conflict between something where the state is trying to do something with, this, with a particular social objective, uh, you know, like trying to improve equality or unity or whatever uh yeah. the state can obviously there are there are restrictions which can be imposed on your right to practice religion but like not on something which is an essential religious practice right unless mm-hmm. obviously you know that essential religious practice is supposedly you going and knocking off someone's head it doesn't work yeah that. but the thing is now so that's that's one end of the argument which is there um, there's also again uh, a challenge in one of these petitions to the government order on the same lines which we've discussed. Right? Is there mm-hmm. scope for the Karnataka government to actually even pass this order? What does it actually do? Is what does do, does does the text of the order even make sense? Mm-hmm. Because you know, arguably, and this is something Senior Advocate Sanjay Hegde told us, and now he's in fact arguing it in the High Court as well. Uh, he had told it, told this to us for the article which we which we'd done. he pointed out that you know look if you look at the wording of the order it's uh, it doesn't specifically ban hijabs or whatever right so Mm -hmm. if you just take it as it is then it's actually kind of meaningless if you take it purely on its own wording because it doesn't really make any sense it doesn't really ban any Mm. hijabs it doesn't really ban any item of clothing because no item of clothing can be violating equality or unity of public order right as we as we mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier so On the other, but it now, if it is used to say, Oh, you can't put this headscarf on, or you can't do that, then it starts to become unconstitutional, then because then you're infringing on the rights without that being without the order itself expressly making that comment. So, these are the things which are being raised in the high court, but Mm -hmm. and and there is, let's be clear, there is a going to be some amount of debate over this issue because the Kerala High Court had in 2016 said that yes, the wearing of a hijab. For a Muslim girl, is a um, is very much part of their essential religious practices. Therefore, it allowed girls to wear it uh, who were sitting for like these medical entrance exams, which the mm-hmm. dress code per se would not have allowed them to go in wearing a hijab. Now, that's what the Kerala High Court said in 2016. But there are certain other decisions of the court, which of other courts. Which don't quite necessarily, which aren't quite on the same page exactly. Like there's one from the from the Madrasa cycle from 2006 where it doesn't fi- like hold that. Oh no, it's not an essential religious practice. But it it you know it refers to certain commentary on the Quran and things, and which 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 say that it is not a, a full fledged uh, religious practice, uh, essential religious practice for for Muslim girls. So there mm-hmm. is a certain amount of debate over what's to be done here. So okay. yes, the court's gonna have to take its time to hear that. And you know, that's why a single judge of the Karnataka High Court was hearing it earlier. He then referred the matter, so it's being heard now by three judges, sort of full court, full bench of the uh, of the High Court, uh, headed Ooh. by the current chief justice of the, of, of the Karnataka High Court. Now, what the problem with, of course, the way the, the Karnataka High Court has dealt with it so far is that they have not passed an interim order protecting rights till the court makes a decision they have yeah. passed an interim order but it's actually gone entirely the other way and it's absolutely shocking that it's done that what they've said is that uh, i mean the text of the order was finally released today after uh, it had been uh, sort of mentioned yesterday by the judges where they are saying where they've asked and i'm going to quote here that pending consideration of all these petitions we restrain all the students regardless of their religion or faith from wearing saffron shawls, bhagwa, scarfs, hijab, religious flags or the like within the classroom until further orders. Now, this mm-hmm. is supposedly being done to uh, ensure, you know, peace and tranquility and no, and, no, and no public order problem. But it beggars belief that the court has compared all of these things uh, in a similar way and passed this blanket order. Because now this blanket order, if it goes, potentially means, you know, you can't even have sick boys wearing a pagdi or a turban to, yeah. to, 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 to the classroom, right? Because it says anything which religious flags or the like i mean it's so badly worded it's so vaguely done and it just casually dismisses something which these girls uh uh, you know consider to be Mm -hmm. integral to their faith now you and i don't have to agree with it and the court is going to make a final determination where they will say okay is it an essential religious practice or not and at that point then it may just say that look you know what that isn't enough to say that there is an essential religious practice therefore Mm -hmm. You know, if you're told by by your school or your college that you can't enter wearing a hijab, you know, you have to comply with what they say. But it is also possible that the court could hold the contrary, right? If it goes the way the Kerala High Court did, which had done a fairly decent examination of the case law and the precedent in the law on point, Mm. um, what happens then? Then you're saying that during this time, which could take a week, uh, two weeks, maybe even more than that, uh, you're saying these girls then have to choose between their freedom of conscience Right, and what mm-hmm. they believe to be integral to their dignity, and going to to, to, to school or, or college to go actually to being to attending their classroom. I mean, it's the, the what the senior advocate Devdutt Kamath was representing. Um, you know, one of these groups of girl students. He he argued this is a suspension of their fundamental rights, and that's that is exactly what it is. And it's shocking yeah. that a high court, you know, is 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 doing this because okay look maybe if there hadn't been extensive arguments before it on the need for an interim order uh okay sure right or if mm-hmm. it a prima facie case for how this is this is a violation of these girls is rights hadn't been made out okay one would understand but you know the arguments by sanjay hegde uh, you know and and these were not just things made in behind closed doors these were live streamed yeah. on the Kanataka echoes youtube webs uh youtube channel he made very very compelling arguments for why you know the order is wrong why, uh, you know, on statute, it's wrong on constitutional grounds, it's wrong, even how, you know, he, he picked up like actually some, you know, some of those local rules. And he pointed out that even under those rules, there is absolutely nothing like the place where this whole thing started in Urupi. Like mm-hmm. the girls are allowed to wear head, you know, a scarf on their heads, a shawl on their heads, a dupatta, which is of the same color as their uniform, which is pretty much what they're doing. It's just tucked yeah. around their heads in a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he showed on so many grounds why this is problematic. And then, you know, he argued why there is a compelling interest to pass an interim order that, you know, till that time is there, you're dealing with freedom of conscience, you're dealing with dignity. These are rights which... Are inalienable. inalienable mm-hmm. the you know the Supreme Court is held. So you have to do something which is going to protect it till such time as you make a final decision. Yeah. Uh, the Kamath also did that. He he pointed out again like all the problems with the with the order, including the fact that it actually the order makes claims about the law. It claims mm-hmm. that there is you know that the law that the courts have said that this is not an essential risk practice, even though there is no clarity. It cites like orders which don't even say that. So there's just really? so much wrong with this. Like, clearly, there was a need for the courts to say, okay, you know, look, there is this this satisfies the test for an interim order, and therefore we mm. should, you know, an interim order in favor of the girls, because, you know, there are three things you look at when it comes to uh, an interim order, you have to say, is there a prima facie case for it? Is there uh, who's suited by the balance of convenience? Uh, you know as in if the order is passed you know who is who's being convenienced who's being inconvenienced and then the Mm -hmm. last thing to say is okay if the order is being passed in a particular way is it going to cause irreparable harm or injury to one set of people and in this way you know the the, the, on all these grounds an order saying okay till we've decided we are not going to protect those girls rights it fails every single test you know, because mm. the girls very much have a prima facie case. The court may eventually hold there is no essential risk right? But at the current yeah. moment, the Kerala High Court decision is the most specific and, you know, r- relevant to the issue, right? So they yeah. have a prima facie case based on that. The balance of convenience, who is being inconvenienced by these girls continuing to wear this, right? Like, yeah. it's not as though other people are being forced to do it. It's any yes. student objecting to them wearing it is not doing it because they are being harmed you know, so there's absolutely no, you know, the the balance of convenience is very, very much in their favor. And in fact, if it is eventually held, as these girls are claiming that this is integral to their freedom of conscience, to their right to practice their religion, to their identity, to their dignity, no matter how many days, even if it's just a few days that you're stopping them from doing that, that is an irreparable harm and injury, right? You're literally forcing them to choose between their education and their faith without having got a final determination on what their faith says. So Mm -hmm. it's Every single legal ground, every single logical ground. I mean,
1: we, yeah. we know what we is also, going on uh, now, like, right? Our colleague Nikola also reported recently that the de- their personal details, also of these girls, six girls, were leaked uh, reportedly by the college as well. They're like uh, the addresses, the phone numbers, the bank account details to parents. So there is. The thing is, yeah.
2: it's, there's so much bad faith yeah. There's so much bad faith here. What is being done is a clear communal attack. It's so obvious. Mm-hmm. From what's happening like the court expresses its concern over oh there's, there's you know protests and there's problems happening and the students should be going back to their classroom I mean who is causing yeah. this right it's not these girls have at no point caused this problem mm. they are not the ones who have gone out heckling other yeah. students they are not the ones who have stopped kids attending classes they are not the ones who have been who have you know vandalized school property and gone and hoisted mm. like their religious flags at, at schools they are not the ones doing mm. this Right, so what is instead you, what the order actually does is it is rewarding those who have done this against the girls, it is rewarding those who have created the public order situation Mm -hmm. and instead threaten the girls. This is not what a court of law is supposed to do a high court is supposed to be a constitutional court. Our constitutional courts are supposed to be what they call sentinels and the it's a Latin term, which the Supreme court recognized back in the fifties that this is, you know, it's, it's essential for the courts, the constitutional courts, right? your high courts and the Supreme court to, you know, take an active role in protecting the fundamental rights and stopping them from being damaged and, and, you know, stopping any way in which this, you know, people are unable to exercise Mm -hmm. their rights, all these grounds, the Karnataka high court has, it's, it's, I mean, we normally try to be reserved and careful yeah. when, you know, we're talking about judicial orders. This just doesn't mean... And, and you know, the worst part is, if the order had at least addressed all the points made by Kamath, by hegne mm-hmm. by, you know, the petitions, maybe you could say, you know what, maybe I disagree with it, but, you know what, on law, they've, mm-hmm. they've got it right. But they've done nothing. The order... Like it it basically looks like the Kanathaiko the, the the Chief Justice had already made up his mind before listening to what these guys had to say and just bulldoze that at the mm. end of uh, at the end of the day. Without any there's no acknowledgement or recognition of the arguments made by them and and, and, and arguing around okay. that. Like arguing around what they've pointed out, the irreparable harm and injury and everything. Nothing. Mm. Like I mean, and if you heard the, the, the Chief Justice yesterday in court, he literally he is just like dismissing no oh, no no no, it's just a matter of days. Yeah. I mean, this is not how a co- a constitutional court is supposed mm-hmm. to function. This is not how the law is supposed to function in this country, and it is it's 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 it makes what's already a really horrible situation yeah. and a, and something where people's rights are being violated just makes it so much worse. Okay.
1: Well, now the next hearing will be on 14 February, and I'm sure uh, we'll hear your analysis also uh, sometime next week.
2: Uh, just a quick reminder that it's not just that now that mm-hmm. one of the girls has also filed a petition in the Supreme Court. Yeah. And uh, they are now, they've also now, there's also now a challenge to the interim order filed in the Supreme Court because, mm-hmm. you know, 14th is just when the case starts right? and yeah. it could go on for at least a week and it likely will, it go on for at least a week, right? Mm-hmm. So during that time, this interim order is in force, it's going to allow uh, colleges to stop girls from entering. So yes. there is now a challenge to that interim order in the Supreme Court. Uh, CJ Ramana has said they will consider it at the appropriate time. So that will possibly get heard on Monday uh, as well in the court, now yeah. that the actual text of the Karnataka order is out. So right. that's one thing to keep in mind next week, uh, along with the argument, arguments and merits as well.
1: To cast the latest updates on this story, tune in to the Queen's website and follow us on our social media handles. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavon, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com.
2: Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts.